0: hello everybody this is rob for with the podcast hodgepodge and uh we're gonna be talking a little nascar racing racing in general um i have a special guest tonight zach brown of the zb's horsepower talk podcast which premieres i'll let him tell you this week january 6th is that correct zach
1: yes the season two uh, premiere getting kickstarted this saturday live
0: all right well welcome to my podcast and uh what is your podcast about and how did you get to conceive it? And we'll talk a little bit of NASCAR as well and maybe some football.
1: Yeah, well, first of all, I appreciate you uh, having me on. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, I started a uh, this racing podcast uh, primarily because uh, my grandfather is in the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame. And I wanted to have something out there with him uh, primarily to... Um, he doesn't do a lot of stuff with media, as you can uh, probably understand. He's 89 years old. He doesn't like to talk to media like that, but he loves to talk to his grandchildren. So I wanted to have something out there where um, he basically would be uh, immortalized. And you could see it. You can go back and back and, and just see just how his mind works, what he's done throughout the years. He's done. He's been in racing community since uh, the early 1950s. Okay. So that was what I wanted to start uh, the podcast primarily on. And uh, from there, uh, it kind of branched off where I kind of discuss uh, the weekly roundup of all the racing action that happened in NASCAR, uh, sprint car racing, which is dirt racing, a world of outlaws of uh, people aren't too familiar, uh, drag racing, and uh, we also touch on IndyCar series and some other small series uh, here and there, too. Um, and also I've brought my dad on who's a former, uh, crew chief in the sprint car community. So he's able to give me that perspective of things. So we're able to bounce off of each other and, uh, it's, uh, worked pretty well.
0: So what do you got, uh, in store for see- your season premiering, uh, in a few days?
1: So, yes, we're doing a uh, live premiere. We don't always do live shows. Um, I wanted to do something, uh, pretty cool and unique, uh, to start to kick off the season. Uh, because the official NASCAR season doesn't start until, uh, February, but there's some smaller dirt racing. There's actually a crown jewel in the dirt racing community called the chili bowl coming up starts next Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I wanted to, uh, do is get the season two premiere star right before that, because, um, we like to do a little bit of insights for that, uh, big time race and, uh, we're able to do, uh, very fortunate that we have a couple special guests joining us live on those. One of the guests is a, uh, national sprint car hall of fame, uh, sprint car driver, uh, Lance DeWeese. Uh, he's worked uh, with my dad. He's worked with my grandpa over the years. Uh, very tremendous, uh, race car driver and just a tremendous guy overall he has been on the show before had a great interview. So be uh, excited to see what he's uh, got in store for us Saturday. And we also have an up and coming, uh, race car driver in the NASCAR side of things. Uh, Caleb Costner, he is Uh, A former law enforcement officer turned race car driver. He's uh, fulfilling his dreams (laughs) and um, making things work and getting a lot of opportunities to uh, uh, race at big tracks. He's got uh, Daytona coming up in the ARCA racing series, which is um, almost like the semi-pro version of uh, NASCAR, if you will. And uh, he's also gotten some opportunities in the Craftsman Truck Series as well. So excited for him and uh, excited for him to be on as well.
0: That's interesting because you just mentioned Daytona. That's around the corner in February. So, what race uh, draw? Race car drivers are some of the favorites to uh, win the uh, the NASCAR Cup Series. Uh,
1: well, for the uh, the championship favorites every year, you you always have to um, look at a well, guy that's never won a championship, but he's always in it um, in the in the playoffs that they have. Is Denny Hamlin? Um, that's one guy that. Every single year, you think he might get it, but he always falls short. But you can only fall short for so many times until you <laughs> finally break through. So that's one to definitely look for. Um, and uh, my favorite driver uh, that I followed since he started is uh, Kyle Larson. He's a uh, the 2021 NASCAR Cup champion. He's always a favorite going in. You've got the fan favorite, Chase Elliott, as always, to look at that. And, of course, the defending series champion, Ryan Blaney. So all of those drivers are definitely uh, up there to uh, win the championship this year. And the Daytona 500 is only 48 days away, and that is the crown jewel in NASCAR.
0: That's a heck of a race to start out, the crown jewel, the first race of the year. With, uh, that's, that's pretty impressive.
1: <laughs> yeah, Yes, it's literally the Super Bowl of uh, NASCAR <laughs> racing, and they do that uh, as their uh, season um as their season kicks off. So it's uh, pretty crazy.
0: Yeah. I, uh, before we, uh, uh, started talking, I just briefly told you I used to work in the, um, the food business and I used to travel and I went to a couple of motor speedways back in 2016, Charlotte motor speedway did the six Coca-Cola 600 and I was there for about 10 days it was really a eye-opening experience for me because they start early in the morning. They're opening the gates uh, for the race at night, and they have not just one race, but they have races during the week leading up to the big race. So explain that like Charlotte Motor yes. Speedway. That is a uh, massive racetrack.
1: Yes, and, uh, and unfortunately, over the last uh, decade, decade and a half, they've gotten rid of approximately half of their seating. Uh, they went from around 100,000 seats to 50,000 just because the crowds just weren't as drawn. But the NASCAR numbers have uh, gradually improved over the last few years uh, since COVID. So I think everybody being cooped up inside and finally getting back out, they're like, well, we really missed this. So let's get back back to it. And uh, Charlotte, I've, I've seen it personally. Uh, it's the jurisdiction I work in. And uh, I get to see all sorts of uh, people there come in from all around the country uh people will start usually monday or tuesday in the camping sites uh, if they are there that early and they're um i mean i've seen people as far from like canada and england and and things like that and the uh, coca-cola 600 is another crown jewel race Uh, used to be called the world 600 a long time ago and uh it's the longest duration race that nascar has 600 miles as opposed to the usual 500 miles Usually takes around four and a half uh, to five hours to run that race. So you get to see the the endurance and uh, how much uh, how much these drivers are actually in shape and everything. People don't think about that, but it's usually pretty hot in Charlotte around that time. So those cars are at least 100 degrees, 110 degrees inside the entire race. And that just tests their mental and physical capabilities during that race. So that's very interesting, uh, to see how that goes, because it's 400 laps. If anybody was wondering, that's a lot of, uh, yeah, left goodness. turns. And, uh, so, and you were mentioning they have races throughout leading up and they used to have the all-star race, uh, which was the week before. Um, now they've kind of moved r- r- the all-star race around, uh, every so often. It's actually in North Wilkesboro again this year, but the, um, uh, the races that lead up to it, you do have the ARCA race, uh, which I was mentioning that mm-hmm. my guest coming on, Caleb Costner, he raced in it last year. Which that goes right before the Craftsman Truck uh, race. Then that race is run on fr- uh, Friday night and uh, Memorial Day weekend, and that's one of the cool traditions about NASCAR. Coke Six Hundred always Memorial Day weekend, uh, and the next series is called the Xfinity Series, which is one step below the NASCAR mm-hmm. Cup Series. They race on Saturday th- in the afternoon. And then the Cup Series they raced their big race on Sunday.
0: Yeah, I remember doing the uh, the race for the Coca-Cola 600 I remember we were on golf carts and I remember you drive underneath the tunnel and there was a it was a convenience store if I'm not mistaken inside that where all the drivers are where their uh, where there're trailers and things of that nature but there was a convenience yes. store inside the infield I guess they call it right and there was a, it was it was a pretty yes. busy it was a pretty busy sea store as I would remember. Uh, during that weekend but yes if, it's a
1: it's, yeah a little circle k convenience <laughs> store in there for people to get some snacks and uh, That's incredible. Um, of course you're uh, obviously beer and stuff to get that
0: well i'll tell you what it was extremely busy in that c store i had to go in there a couple times to get a soda as well and uh, martin truix jr won that race in 2016 and uh, i remember that yes. race it was very hot so uh, another racetrack I've been to was that later that year was the New Hampshire Speedway, New Hampshire Speedway up in uh, louder, New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Was Kevin Harwick won the Bad Boy Off-Road 300. So that was a little <laughs> bit different track. It was in the fall, but still it was cool. And I remember that track being flat, a little bit flatter than uh, yes. Charlotte. So but um, what are some of the, uh, the keys like Bristol here in East Tennessee? That's a short track as well. So what distinguishes the tracks? the drivers are there certain drivers who perform better on longer tracks or shorter tracks
1: yes they're definitely and there, there's also road course tracks that they have as well and they've actually expanded the road course races which was right and left turns and um, for people that aren't familiar with road course tracks uh, if you look up any of the formula one races they generally race on uh, road course tracks uh, so nascar they try to branch off and bring in a little bit uh, more of a diverse uh, audience so that's why they race a lot of these road course tracks uh, I'm not the biggest fan of them. Uh, I feel like they traditionally always had two. I think two on the schedule is fine. Um, but, yes, they, there's um, Talladega, which is the largest uh, oval that NASCAR races at. It's 2.66 miles. 2. So 6. if you want to see how big a track is, go see that. It is a massive, massive place. And um, I, I take for granted how uh, big uh, Charlotte is. And you see it like, oh, yeah, that, that, that's a big track. You don't understand until you go to uh, that big Talladega track in Alabama. Um, So what that is, that's called Speedway Racing. used to be called Restrictor Plate Racing. And that's where they have pack racing, and they're drafting off of one another. They are inches from touching each other um, and spinning each other out. That's why you see serious, humongous crashes happen between Talladega and Daytona. That's the two uh, uh, main uh, pack racing tracks is what they call them. Uh, You have Bristol. And yes, there's drivers that definitely perform better at short tracks. You were mentioning Martin Truex Jr. He is a, he's phenomenal at uh, a lot of short tracks. Bristol, he's pretty good at, but he's really good at Dover, which is his home track, which is a mile. It's kind of similar to Bristol, uh, high banking concrete uh, track. And Martinsville, little paperclip flat track. Martin Truex Jr. has um, performed very well there. They call, call it uh, Martinsville for him, and they <laughs> emphasize the Martin for him. Uh, he, and which early in his career, he didn't have the best luck uh, on short track racing, and he eventually um, adapted and got really good at it. Um, but yeah, there's there's drivers that are specifically good at pack racing, uh, especially that's where Talladega and Daytona. You have your opportunity as a small team. A one-car team that's not a high budget like Hendrick Motorsports or Joe Gibbs or anything like that—you have your shot to win that because anybody can win those races. And a short and a small team won the Daytona 500 last year, one-car team. So that was actually really cool to see.
0: Interesting, you know, you mentioned Bristol back in '16. I also worked the uh, Battle of Bristol there between Tennessee and Virginia Tech, the football game. They had 156,000 people there for the <laughs> yep. game. I remember I uh, was in the middle of the week. I, want, I wanted to walk up the, uh, the incline there uh, of the, uh, the track there. It looked easy to do, but when you walk up that track, I think it's at a 45-degree angle. It was very difficult.
1: Yeah, it's, it's it's incredible how much banking there is. Nobody realizes until you're actually on, and you uh, can't really walk on it. It's um, it's pretty crazy.
0: I had to get a picture there, too, so I, I kind of like that Sat in the middle of the track. I thought that yeah. was neat. So, yeah, that, that, I couldn't believe how small that track was. I mean, they that fits a lot of people in that little area there.
1: Yeah, the, they call it the Last Great Coliseum.
0: <laughs> That's cr- that is correct. And I have my little... My little mug here from the game. Yep, there. there you so go. I keep my pens. I bought a <laughs> lot of swag there when I work. when I worked it. So it was fun. Of so course. Yeah. What about, uh, talk about more about your podcast. So how do you get guests and how do you do your podcast for a week of, of racing? Do you get certain angles or, or how do you go about, you know, getting your, uh, your concept for each podcast episode?
1: So it's something we kind of adapted throughout the year, how I wanted to figure out. This is the first year I've done it, and I, I do it as as a hobby, of course. And I wanted to figure out what's the best way to do it. And we got to the point where uh, it's best to get an episode released midweek, and we occasionally will have that special guest, and we'll periodically have those bonus episodes, and that's a separate episode that's released at the end of the week. And so what we do for our main uh, podcast is we – talk about um we will make notes and watch the racing and watch highlights if we can of different series that happen it's hard to catch everything so we there's a good thing for uh youtube (laughs) and things of that like that you can go back and watch uh, highlights of those races and uh so we always start off talking about the nat uh the nascar races because that is the uh the highest sought after uh and watched uh motorsport in the world and then we go into uh dirt racing where we're both really familiar with my dad and i uh, talk about what we saw. Uh, we do all the recaps and uh, whatever happened that weekend. So drag racing as well and IndyCar. Uh, they don't race as often as NASCAR. So that helps when they're off and we can kind of like, whew, we can just focus yeah. on these and if we'll give a preview of, of the tracks coming up. What we think uh, we could see happen and what uh, the drivers and crews really need to do to um, get their car set up and have the best um, chance to win at those tracks. And for the guest purposes, to get the guest, um, I'm fortunate that um, I, I know a lot of people that are from the dirt racing community have, uh, that knew my grandpa, uh, know my dad. And social media is very easy to reach out to people, yeah. especially on Twitter, especially on Twitter or X, Elon Musk's uh, social media <laughs> device, whatever you want to call it. I um, call it and both. you can just send messages to people. Yeah. yeah. And you, and that's how I got a lot of guests too. I sent direct messages to uh, certain people such as he, um, the general manager of South Boston Speedway in Virginia. That's one of our uh, awesome guest interviews. And I mean, how often do you get a general manager of a race car track? So, um, and then he, he was like, yeah, I'll come on. I don't care. That That's really cool when people get to do that. And uh, also with uh, with my job, we have a lot of racing that comes to our area. Like I said, Charlotte Motor Speedway uh, yeah, may, may or may not talk to them about uh, the podcast. Just kind of just casually sneak it in yeah, there. If yeah, I'm talking yeah, to yeah. Uh, certain people of, uh, in in uh, the NASCAR community or a drag racing community. So a little bit of everything. And um, like I said, it just uh, there's so social media is so easy to get your word out there now. So uh, that's been the biggest tool to get guests and uh, it's been fun.
0: How long did you? I wanted to take you to get into the podcast uh, that you wanted to do because uh, when I started this one here, I went back and forth for three years. Yeah, go. Yeah, and then I said, I think I'm going to go with it. So, how did you go about? Uh, did you go into it right away, or did you think about it, plan for it?
1: Yeah, it was. It was something I I thought about. Um, and like I said, my my big thing was. Um, just seeing that there's nothing out there with my grandfather for interviews. Um, because he, he, again, he does not like media and I'm like, well, I want to do something with him, but I'm like, I can't just do a simple, just interview or something. And then there's just, that's it. Um, and it was something I thought about and I'm like, you know, why not do it? Everybody seems to be doing podcasts now. Let's, uh, let's have at it. See, see what happens. I know, uh, like two or three different sports. Uh, That's pretty much it. (laughs) And, uh, um, but like and like I mentioned before uh, you know or you mentioned uh, I'm a I'm a cop in North Carolina so a lot of cops they golf on their um downtime well I can't golf so but I can talk about racing and football and things like that
0: interesting well you know you, you said football I'm a Patriots fan and you are a Eagles fan is that correct
1: yeah, yeah, we both don't really need to talk about what's been happening the uh, this year. So uh, yeah,
0: you know what? <laughs> I guess we could dwell on the past. Yeah, I know. You know what I can't believe is it that, that the uh, the Patriots? I can't believe the, the stuff I'm hearing on the news that Bill Belichick, you know, they want to get rid of him, or you know, he won't be there next year. And I find that hard to believe. He won six Super Bowls, went to nine Super Bowls. The thought of even having him not there is just not conceivable to me. I'm not a member of the media. I'm just an average Joe. But you know what? I think it's really bad that the way he's being treated.
1: <laughs> well, as well as a Patriots fan, let, let, let me ask you real quick. What, what is the general consensus with all the Patriots fans that you're seeing? Because I've heard maybe 50-50, yes, we still want them. And no, we need to move on and get somebody younger.
0: Well, I listen to the games if they're not on TV. Uh, I didn't get the YouTube, YouTube package. I listened to uh, the Patriots radio on, um, on Sirius XM. And then I listened to the post-game show after each game from uh, one of the radio stations. And people are like 80, in my opinion, 80-20 to get rid of him. And uh, I said, what, what team oh, wow. are you guys watching? I mean, I can't believe people are talking yeah. about, yeah, get rid of him. Time is packed. What are you talking about? This is ridiculous. Six Super Bowls, but yeah, it's 50-50 I think now because they're starting to play better. Unfortunately, Mac Jones was, uh, in my opinion, three offensive coordinators not getting, I guess, some continuity for his play. So uh, I kind of feel bad for Mac Jones because he came from Alabama, and I still think he has a future with the Patriots, but I don't know if the front office does. But yeah, the the Patriot fans are very passionate like other fans. I grew up there, and I remember the days when – you could go to a get early, pay for a ticket, go walk up, say it, walk up, buy a ticket, and they were getting thirty to forty thousand a game. So, uh, if they fans want that, that's fine. But uh, I would stick with Belichick.
1: Yeah, yeah, and uh, and I actually have a. Uh... Uh, a football podcast but that's exclusively on uh youtube and I actually am going to uh, re- release an episode here uh shortly for it uh, I'm, uh, basically i just give kind of a quick rundown of what of games coming up what i'm thinking uh might uh, be the best uh bets if you will uh for the game i don't bet on them because i would lose but um <laughs> just so it's also uh, just fun to talk about but yeah and and i've said it before um if, Belich- if Belichick leaves – and I don't think anybody knows besides Belichick and Robert Kraft. I don't think anybody knows. Uh, people can speculate all they want. I, I don't – and Belichick's not one that lets uh, things in the media release. Um, if he leaves, it's not going to be because he's fired. It's going to be because they mutually part ways. But they have a high draft pick. Um They can get a franchise quarterback, give Belichick um, a year-to-year deal right now, see how he develops the quarterback. The defense has been really good for the Patriots. People don't realize that. They've been fantastic. That's that's all Belichick there. So, And I don't know how you go about finding the right offensive coordinator because obviously Bill O'Brien was not it. He's had success with uh, Brady in the past, but – I mean, come on. It was Tom Brady. Yeah. So um, it's it's kind of one of those uh, – as a, as an Eagles fan and just kind of outside looking in, I, you'd be stupid to get rid of Belichick. And I, you hear the NFL players too, like uh, the Kelsey podcast, New Heights. They're, they're players. They talk about it. They're like, if you're – how do you think he's not a good coach? That That's yeah. just ridiculous to them. And he's like – and Jason was like, it's ridiculous they're even thinking about um, him going somewhere else. So – uh, yeah, I'm kind of with you. Uh, I the, I think the Patriots still should keep him because it's not all on him. Maybe you could relinquish some of the GM duties and get somebody to help him out with the GM and have him just focus on the coaching because maybe he is a little bit in over his head with the GM uh, part of it. But he is the greatest coach and GM of all time. I and mean, he's got six Super Bowls. Yeah. Nobody else can say that.
0: So. Yeah, I mean, I just, I, the thought, the thought and the beat writers, they do their job and they get to have their sources. But the thought of even... Uh, it was decided after a game when they played the Colts in Germany that it was it. I mean, that just doesn't make any sense. I mean, let the season play out. Fans are just pretty uh, pretty, pretty intense, I guess. You know, uh, I think they should stick with them, but, um, you know.
1: Shoot, you're telling me intense fans. I'm, I'm an Eagles fan.
0: Yeah, the, and the Eagles, what happened to them this weekend with the Cardinals? My goodness.
1: Yeah, d- d- you don't, we, we, we don't need to get into all that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, and and – Watching the, all the games this year, and you see the issues that they've had. They've never fixed any of the issues, um, but they're, the more people that the, the better records that you have, the more people are going to keep watching you, and there's issues that have never gotten fixed, and their secondary has been really bad, and they've got no pressure. It's very clear the defensive coordinator, both of them, that they had this year now, Desai uh, and uh, uh, Pencilbeard Dude, I uh, don't know why he has a pencil. Um, I mean, he did great for y'all <laughs> up there, but um, oh, it, I know, it's, I it's hard to change. About, him.
0: Yeah, Matt Patricia. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not going to – I have nicknames for all the coaches right now, and they're not really very uh, PG. But um, you can argue that a lot, a lot of the coaches have lost the locker room. Um, you can see A.J. Brown's not happy, and my fear is that – Uh, A.J. Brown's turning into a T.O. situation that they had uh, back in 2005 with the Eagles. I hope that's not the case. Um, Yeah, it's – I mean, they let the division go. I mean, if somehow the Cowboys lose to uh, Washington this week, I'll be shocked. But, yeah, the Eagles lost the division this week. And that's – I thought at least they could at least win the division. I didn't think they were going to get number one, but – it's just not a – it's not a team that you really want to see in the playoffs because I don't think they can really beat anybody right now. They're they're down on themselves. They're kind of lost in their own way. I really don't – there's no fix for it. Um, they'll give Sirianni another year, but I see it trending kind of how it was with Doug Peterson. This is kind of beginning of the end. Really? And Jeffrey Lurie and uh, Harry Roseman are not very patient to uh, give coaches to more than three seasons, so –
0: well, I remember uh, last year they were hitting on all cylinders on their way to the Super Bowl. And this year, I think they went 9-1, went and one, and they were just like close games. 10-1, yep. Yeah, 10-1, and one, and they were just – I mean, they weren't playing well, but they were still winning. And I thought, man, these guys are resilient. And then they've hit a little wall here the last few weeks of the last second half of the season. But um, I still think that the Eagles will be the team to beat in the playoffs. I really do. I think they got, they'll beat the 49ers
1: it'll be it's an uphill climb uh their first game likely will be against uh tampa and down in tampa um and historically they're not they don't play the best down there hmm. last time they went to tampa they played tom brady on and i mean you're not going to beat tom at home anytime especially in the playoffs um no i don't know it's just uh We'll see. At least I've gotten to see a Super Bowl in my lifetime. I'd like to um, have my kids be able to see a uh, Super Bowl in their lifetime. Um, and we thought it was going to happen in February, but that didn't happen. So uh, we don't need to get into that either. So uh, yeah, you know, it's just uh, a.
0: <laughs> well, you know, one more thing on the Patriots from like '89 to '92. I think they won 14 games. They had a horrible seasons. They won 14 games in four or five years. So. Um, Ever since Belichick and obviously Bill Parcells before him got there, it was uh, it's been a different mindset yes. there. So I hope they keep Belichick. That's just my opinion. I think they're crazy if they let him go, but that's me. Um,
1: it'll be a crazy off season for sure. It will. Um, I it think will we say be. that every off season, but I, it'll be a very interesting. I think you'll see about six to seven new uh, head coaches um, this off season.
0: So yeah, it's a it's a. It's a harsh business. It is a harsh business. So let's get back to your podcast. So your first, you have a live episode coming up this weekend, January 6th. So uh, where can you hear your uh, podcast? Or your live stream?
1: Yes. Yeah, so, if for the live uh, the live portion, uh, that will all be premiering, and I actually had to do a practice run today, make sure it's all working properly, and then I'll have too many technical difficulties during it. Uh, YouTube is the uh, is of course the main place to uh, view it. Um, ZB Media Productions is a YouTube channel for anybody listening. In uh, the same the same Facebook page as well, ZB Media Productions on Facebook will be premiering that as well. Uh, same name again for uh, Twitch because it said, hey, you can stream on Twitch if you want. And I'm like, okay, let's do that. Just why not? And also um, Elon Musk's uh, ex-social uh, media thing, uh, that would also be on there as well. And that is through my handle at the real zb 93 And uh, yeah, so whenever it uh, gets, uh, once that finishes up, I'll obviously um, have to uh, edit it out a little bit, but yeah. Um, the audio versions of it will be releasing anywhere you can listen to your podcast, whether it's Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, anywhere you get them, uh, that'll release as well. And that's where you can also follow all of the episodes. If you're just driving to work or just and want to listen to something, uh, that's what I do. I pop on a podcast uh, while uh, at work because uh, music kind of gets old after a while.
0: Getting back to the, real quick, the, uh, the NASCAR season this year, who were the, say, the top drivers this year to to win it all uh i know we talked earlier denny hamlin has not won but who would you suspect it would be the favorites going into um 2024
1: yeah you have to get used to saying that new year <laughs> um and that will take some time just like it always is um of course, you have to always – you can never count out really any of the Hendrick Motorsports drivers. Their equipment's just phenomenal. Um, they're just notorious for having uh, great cars, great crews, and it's not just a driver. It's it's a team. It takes a team to win. Kyle Larson won a championship because his team got him out of pit road uh, before anybody else. Um, Kyle Larson, of course, that's, that's definitely a favorite uh, in my opinion. Uh, he runs strong every single year. Uh, I think he won five races this past year and the year before he won 10. So it's, um, yeah, you can never count him out. Um, definitely look, got to look at the defending champion, Ryan Blaney. Um, um, the momentum you carry from winning a championship that you can't, that won't go unnoticed. He'll be, uh, they'll be firing on all cylinders. They've got the same crew back. Uh, that's definitely a favorite. Uh, it's a long season, though, so anything can change, but um, you got to look at the more experienced drivers. Of course, Martin Truex Jr. could be his last year racing. Um, I think he's on his final year. They redid it for a one-year contract, I believe. So um, maybe he goes out with a another championship. Uh, that's one you've also got to look out for, too. Um, and what uh, one driver I'm really looking at um, who's really turned around this organization, he helped He uh, actually became a part owner of uh, Roush Motorsports, which turned to Roush Fenway. Now it's Roush fenway Keselowski, Brad Brad Keselowski. The improvement they've made from year to year since he's been there, that has been incredible uh, because those cars were just complete junk. They were running maybe mid-pack at best Mm -hmm. uh, week in and week out. Now you see them – Consistently getting top tens, top fives, and his other, uh, the, uh, car he owns, uh, Chris Busher, he was able to get a couple wins this year. I think you'll see Brad Keselowski get a couple wins this year, and I think you'll see him, uh, be contending for the championship. But I don't want to release too much. Cause I gotcha. always do uh, the, got you. Oh, Save it for the- um, once right before the Daytona 500, that episode will, uh, uh, my dad and I will give our predictions for um, who we think will be in the final four. And of course you got to always um, can't count out uh, rowdy uh, Kyle Bush. Uh, one of the best to ever do it.
0: Yeah. Uh, one thing that I really, I just saw something on Twitter um, yesterday and it was Dale Earnhardt. Um, before his f- fatal crash in 2001 and he was interviewed mm-hmm. before then. What's fascinating to me mm-hmm. is like how calm the drivers are. It's like us going to work. They were just sitting there and how calm they are when they're interviewed. I'd be like jumping off the walls, getting in a car going 200 miles an hour. How do they stay so calm?
1: This is what they've done their entire lives. Uh, a lot of these drivers, they, they've done it since they were four years old racing something, uh, whether it's go karts or um, you go to your little local small dirt tracks and race there. Um, I'm sure they get nervous. They're, yeah. They've gotten to the point where they're good at uh, hiding their emotions. Like you see with any professional um, athlete, um, you won't see them really say too much uh, to notice that they are nervous before a game. Now you'll see a pro- you'll probably see a lot of anxiety for these drivers for the Daytona 500, just because that is the biggest race, and uh, that's how you start off a year. That's um, what can propel you to have a great year. If you're a smaller team and you win the Daytona 500, that is a humongous purse. I think it's up to 2.5 million to 2. win it or something. Million. That that goes a long way for a very small team. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just years and years of constant racing. Um, you'll see, now, now if you go tune into some of the rookies, they'll, you'll see some, uh, anxious eyes in those, uh, those interviews for sure. But the veterans, they, um, it was just what they do. It's, it's their job. It's their career. Uh, they're just used to it.
0: Who's the uh, driver? Was it Ryan Blaney or somebody else that was in that horrific crash? Like three, it was the car that flipped over. I don't know how many times. Yes, that.
1: Yes, that was uh, Ryan Priest. He races uh, for um, uh, Tony Stewart in the NASCAR Cup Series. Yeah, and that was um, as much um, improvements that NASCAR makes to these cars to make sure they don't go airborne and they don't flip. Things happen. Wow. Um, what what happened? It kind of caught. it was, I think, it was some sort of dip that was in the grass uh, between the grass and pavement. It kind of just called it at the perfect angle Jeez. to do all that damage. So, if anybody uh, wants to t- uh, check that out, go check out Ryan Priest's crash from uh, yeah. Daytona from last year. Um, one of the scariest crashes you'll ever see, and he came out of it out of it with just some bruises. Um, I mean, he walked. He raced the next week. And that's the uh, that's a testament to the safety that NASCAR has done for these cars. Um, They make sure these drivers have everything they need to make sure they walk away from all those crashes.
0: Wow. So talk about what before we uh, wrap up here about your podcast again, when it's streaming and uh, how often you can hear it for the upcoming racing season.
1: So we'll do the live stream January 6th. Um, We'll take a break uh, the following week. This will kind of count as the first episode, but you'll generally find them um, based on depending on how uh, my schedule at work goes. Uh, (laughs) Usually in the middle, uh, usually it releases uh, Tuesdays or Wednesdays uh, during the uh, racing season. Actually the in in racing seasons, pretty much the whole year. So uh, we'll get it back up and running, whatever the next wednesday after next week is i don't even know uh, my dates right now so That's probably right. yeah calendar um i believe it's yeah the 17th wednesday the 17th should be the uh the next uh, regular episode that we have and uh we're kind of uh, branching off into having some more fun segments kind of and i'm not going to reveal too much right That's now right. we'll have a uh, miscellaneous segments that kind of tie into racing um, and it makes it fun for uh, the audience to uh, think about too. So um, a lot of improvements for this year. i excited to see uh, what we can do and how we can bring in some more viewers and keep this thing uh, going because it's something uh, we enjoy doing and gets, our, uh, gets away from reality for a little bit.
0: Absolutely. You know, I know the whole part about work and life getting in the way. I want to get my podcast episode going and sometimes just... There's a halt, up 2024, my goal is to get more episodes out and uh, streamline it a little bit more. So uh, Zach Brown from the ZB's Horsepower Talk podcast has joined me. And uh, Zach, thank you so much for uh, joining me. And uh, hopefully you can come back on again, maybe before the Daytona.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you having me.
0: All right. Thank you so much.